This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right. I'm looking forward to this conversation because if you listen to this show, you'll know that I'm kind of fascinated and I really want to try and understand how and why we can have completely different realities. And that's what it comes down to, right? I mean, uh, how do we get to where we are? A place where, you I mean, take a look around society right now. Two people living on the same planet, the same city, same house, can have two completely different perceptions of reality. Not two different realities. You'll hear that sometime. Oh, that's your reality. No, no, no. There's only one reality. That That's the beautiful thing about realities, right? There's just one of them. And there's facts and there's evidence and, well, there's there's reality to indicate to us that it's reality. But in 2023, anyone and everyone seems to have their own perception of reality, their own interpretation, their own feeling, their own beliefs. A lot of them, of course, are led to that place. There's no doubt about it. Um, and that's the interesting piece, because we still need to be told what's what for a lot of us. And, 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 and part of that equation is, first of all, you're convinced that you're a free thinker, and then you think exactly like everybody else who calls themselves a free thinker. That's that's the amazing part to me. I mean, you, you, it can be anti-narrative, but you adhere so strongly to an alternative narrative that you're following a different narrative. I mean, it's, it, it, it's amazing to me how we make these sort of concessions in our own brain to allow us to go different ways and, and, and do different things. How do whole groups of people, like I say, QAnon comes to mind. If you think about QAnon, remember when hundreds, thousands of them turned up at Dealey Plaza in Dallas where Kennedy was shot because JFK Jr. was going to come back from the dead and be vice president and Trump was going to be president? I mean, hundreds, thousands of people believe this stuff. I mean, I, I don't... For me, it's just, I, how does that happen? How do we get these kind of movements that take off? Well, according to our next guest, we're hardwired that way. It's part of the way we're built physiologically that makes us susceptible this kind of thinking. So let's find out how it works. We're going to have a chat with Marcel Danessi, a University of Toronto linguist and author of Politics, Lies, and Conspiracy Theories, a Cognitive Linguistic perspective. Marcel, thank you so much for joining us. I'm fascinated by this topic. And thank you for having me. <laughs> so, you know, in in putting together this book, you went you went back through history, right? I mean, going yeah. back a long, long way and analyzing yeah. all different kinds of yeah. movements, groups, and there are some yeah. common threads that emerge, right? And it's all based around language? Yes. Uh, you said something that is absolutely crucial uh, at the beginning. You said that perception is filtered uh, and can be uh, interpreted in one way or another way. Well, what is that filter? It's language. And not language itself can be a tool, a marvelous tool for learning about the world. But, you know, words can switch on your brain in any direction that those words want to take you. Uh, so if there is a big liar around 
who contain or a con person who continually uses words in a way that switches that thing off, it's almost impossible to take it off. Now, if that liar becomes a leader and that lie becomes part of groupthink, there's no more distinction between what is true and what that reality created by that narrative, by that set of words. Now, it's a set of words, it's a narrative, it's not a word in isolation. Okay. Let me give you an example. Okay. You call a group parasites, which is a fact of what has happened to the, the Jews. Anti-Semitism yep. starts... You go, goes right back to the medieval ages. Now, why does that affect us? We could simply laugh at it, dismiss it. No, because in our brain is a formula called a governing metaphor, which it says that people are animals. John is a tiger. Mary is a pussycat, and on and on and on. That is a formula. Once you put parasite in it, instead of whatever animal it is, and repeat it over and over, and then draw images of that person looking like a parasite. After a while, your brain starts to, as soon as it hears that word, also associates it with that group, the, the, the Jews. And there you have hatred. It is an amazing, it happened throughout history, from the first indications of language as, uh, as myth, to today, where we use language through social media to create any alternative reality we want. Okay, Marcel, does that sort of go back to we characterize, I mean, you know, humans are animals, so is it sort of like this animal is a danger, this animal is a, a, yeah. a companion? I mean, does, is, it go, is it that primitive? Okay, I'm not an evolutionary psychologist, but it does make sense. In other yeah. words, uh, the, is this a kind of, at first, a defense mechanism, and then it spreads? You see, lies can go both ways. You can defend yourself by lying, yeah, yeah, yeah. or you can use a lie intentionally to offend and attack someone else. Though it's the second one that was of interest to me, and, and that's the one that I found that the great dictators, autocrats uh, of history, um, used those very simple metaphorical formulas to advantage in order to manipulate minds. One of the first books to deal with this was Machiavelli's The Prince. <laughs> I mean, it's a playbook for <laughs> autocrats and dictators. It tells exactly what to do. And you know what? It's a great book of psychology, as yep. evil as it may seem. Yep. It does describe the human brain. Now, something else happens once we start, right? Once we establish that pathway, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, we reinforce it, right? I mean, it, th yeah. it's, there's, uh, there's a feedback loop that just yeah. strengthens that, right? Yep. Absolutely correct. I actually call that <laughs> the Da Vinci Code effect. What do I mean? <laughs> you know, the, the, uh, the novel by Dan Brown, 2001, The Da Vinci Code. I mean, it's all made up. I mean, he takes bits and pieces yeah, of history yeah. and then puts them together into a narrative that you say, aha, it's got to be that. By the way, psychologists call that apophenia, random bits of information into a narrative which then makes sense. Once you have that narrative in your brain and you accept it to let go of it, is emotionally very difficult, also because it causes what psychologists call dissonance. Why did I have, why was I duped by this damn thing? Mm -hmm. um, so it's better to keep going, prove it on your own term, and find other cues and clues. That's what QAnon does. It, um, it puts forth the narrative of the cabal that I discussed yes. at the yep. beginning. The deep state. Call it the deep state. Call it whatever you like. Then it 
generates cues and clues, both cues and clues, and you put them together and you say, it's true. So truth is made in this way. It's, you know, reality is different. <laughs> As you had said at the beginning, reality is one thing, but truth is something that we make. <laughs> but that's the interesting part of it, because you're right, we'll, we'll grab things that are perhaps... Um you can twist them to make them true. We straight up yeah. reject things that disprove what we... I mean, yeah. we we sort of... I don't know how you describe it. We, we insulate ourselves. We guard that created truth, right? Oh, yeah. And, and it becomes truth when it's in a group. When it is a, when it's part of group thing. That's what happened in Nazi Germany. That the big lie, Hitler's big lie became part of truth. People started to believe it and react and look what happened there. You know, I hate to say it, but that may be happening right now in the United States. Um, and that worries me a lot. No question. No question. I would agree with you 100%. Um, when you mentioned the group and the group component and how that changes yeah. this entire conversation, yeah. Where does social media fit into that? Because that's community, oh, uh, right? Absolutely. You know, I ha I'm of two minds of social media. I'm not on it. <laughs> I study it. <laughs> Fortunately, I've got students who give me the information that I need because I, f I, I find it very... First of all, it would take, you know, your whole day would be engaging in an ongoing narrative of yeah. a certain kind. Yeah. That's, I don't want to waste my time on that. But, you know, that's fine. I mean, we, instead of watching television or engaging in reading or something, you can do that. It's just as it's equal to it. Now, here's the problem. You see, social media can be for good or for bad. After all, social media has been used for social justice issues. You know, the Me Too movement, for example, sure. used social media extremely effectively to bring about changes in the, in the workplace. Um, but social media is also used by groups like QAnon. So it's a matter of the initial words, the metaphors that draw you in. They're like keys. Oh, let, let me... F you, would, you see a metaphor like, you know, a parasite, Jews are parasites or something. Let me follow that up. If you get into that quagmire and drawn into it, it's, the, the Da Vinci Code effect takes place. It's a switch on in your brain, and that switch activates belief systems such as the amygdala i'm reading from neuroscience i'm not a neuroscientist mm -hmm. and you match the two and and you say aha that must be happening i tell you to turn to try to unconvince someone who's in a cult or someone who's in uh, who's a, a member of QAnon. good luck uh, what happens is though i, I ha i'm an optimist <laughs> if you look at history again Eventually, um, how can I put it? Truth wins out. It's like the brain needs to balance itself after a oh, while. Okay. I'm encouraged um, to hear you say that, to be honest with you, because yeah. I, I don't share that. I'm glad to hear that somebody <laughs> who knows more about this than me says there's still hope. If you look at history, that's the only thing you can look at. You cannot empirically test this hypothesis. You just look at what's <laughs> happened over and over. True. And it has happened in that way. Is there anything that we as a, as a, okay, can, can we first of all defend against this on an individual level? And can we defend against this on a societal level? Can we, can we somehow safeguard ourselves and our society from this? You know, it's, um, 
it's a it's a question that I really can't answer. As you know, it, it, things happen. For example, in Nazi Germany, a war happened, and then it changed things. Uh, so it's difficult to say what brings things about. It could be external, but you what you are hinting at is that there's something that we can change in the language to help us. For example, you know, I'll give you an example. In when the climate climate change, uh, climate change is it a hoax or is it not? If you add a few words to it, like a crisis and then map it to what's happening, the word crisis starts to reverberate better in the brain than anything else. So, you know, when you change words and you give them new meanings, that's what happened with, uh, with the movement feminism in, in the 1950s and 60s. Uh, you know, we refer to man as the general human being. Well, the image in the mind is, a, is of a male. <laughs> True. Change that image and you get equality in the mind. Uh, so, yes, there could be, but you know, who changes language? Who am I to say we should use these words? It has to happen spontaneously among people, and I believe it does. Um, is there any indication as to, are some of us more predisposed to this, or some of us more susceptible and maybe more genetically <laughs> hardwired to sort of be triggered by some of that language, and some of us are more resistant, or is, are we all at the same levels? Uh, we pretty well at the same level. I don't believe in this thing that ge- we are genetically predisposed. What happens is the culture you live in. Okay. And the specific part of that culture that you live in, you're going to speak that language or that slang, and after a while you become like the others in the group. To move away from it requires an awful lot of abstract critical thinking. I don't know about you, but that's pretty hard to do on yeah. a daily basis. So it does happen on its own because that the brain has several parts to it one of them is the reasoning part ultimately from what i read in neuroscience with enough language put in it that is reinforcing of critical thinking eventually that will win out it takes time you know, in 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 the modern world, we want things like a, um, you know, like a, a, a magic pill. Give me the magic pill, and I solve everything. I get rid of all the lies. Can't happen. We are historical beings, and history takes time to evolve. Last one, and I, I could talk about this all day. This has been fantastic, Marcel. Can you <laughs> rescue someone when you recognize now somebody's going down to Dealey Plaza for the return of JFK Jr., and it's, it's your brother or your son or your father? Can you rescue them from that? Or, I mean, what do you do? You know, you cannot rescue, but you cannot insult either, because that just reinforces it. That makes you, makes right. you more yes. defensive. And the mechanisms in your brain then become truly embedded in it. So no, no, no moralizing, no talking down to people, because it won't work. No, no. <laughs> Never mind. It'll just rebound on you. Have patience. Lots of it. That's the only thing. That's the only advice I can give as a, as a grandfather. <laughs> And as a father, as I would give to my own grandchildren and children. Marcel, I think it's the only advice you can give, because you're right. It's not just a thought process or a belief no. system. It's an identity. It's, I got it. Yep. Yeah. It's, right on. Wow. Fascinating. Marcel, thank you Thanks. so much for your time. We'll follow up and do this again one day, sir.